Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode frickin' 200, recorded live on Saturday, April 9th, 2011. And here are your hosts, the man who, for some odd reason, has been here with me for 200 episodes, Dave Play. Frickin'? Yeah, I don't know why I've been here for... Go on. (laughs) The man who, for some odd reason, is going to try and be here for another 200 episodes, Andy Lowe, hi. And our guest this week, for those of you who have been listening since episode 100, we've brought him back again, the man who's going to be here for at least some of this episode, Johnny Nero. You know, actually, it's episode 186, because I don't really count the random recaps as episodes. You don't count reruns as episodes. <laughs> they're not reruns. No, they're not. They're clip Rerun, shows. Yeah, then re- you do clip shows. Eh, technicalities. Hey, believe me, there have been lots of times with the old 1970s, 1980s sitcom where they needed to get an episode done, but either A, somebody was on strike, or B, they ran out of money. So, hey, we'll do a clip show. Poor Bob Saget. What do you mean, poor Bob Saget? I don't know, I just have America's Funniest, which I guess is the longest-running clip show ever. That's not a clip show. Technically, well, it, it is. is. Technically, it really is a clip show. I suppose. It's not what you were meaning as clip show, no. but it's still, I mean, just think about it. It really was a clip show. So, okay, so if you want to, so it's, yeah, 186, you're right. Or episode, I think it's episode 200. <laughs> it would really be 180, no, because episode zero cancels out episode 48. Was it 48 was the one that disappeared? I think it was 48. The lost episode. Oh, that was... Which is forever and ever and ever lost. Yes. That was... Yeah. Yeah, a clip show is an episode of a television series that consists primarily of excerpts from previous episodes. But it has some sort of plot to tie in all the clips. No. Usually. Most clip shows feature a format of a frame story in which the cast members recall past events from previous installments of the show depicted with a clip of events presented as a flashback. Okay. When the final episode of... I know this is kind of disproving my point, but the final episode of Seinfeld was a clip show. Yeah, because it was the court case. Yep. And then they ended back talking about what they started okay so it's a sort of a clip show we just don't have i don't know what frame story we would put i could go in hey dave remember we talked about that random topic from episode 100 <laughs> why yes andy i think i do <laughs> so we're at episode 200 we're at 200 <laughs> hey what's my uh, score against mo by the way i think you're up by one really with this episode, I think. Andy Hold can on, me. Yeah, I, I will... Uh, oh, yes, for those of you who have not been paying attention, Johnny is now actually a Washington native now. Woohoo! How was your trip since, you know, you moved during the cross-country trip? <laughs> the cross-country super trip? Yeah, we got a lot of catching up to do, don't we? It was fun. Brought two new people on the trip with me. Had a lot of fun going up there. Actually, finally, for the... F- first time and the last time I got to drive the pass from uh, Montana to Idaho, which was a lot of fun. This year, Andy, didn't it look like we were going into some sort of boss battle with that? Like With the, we all climbing? the fog and everything? Yeah, when we were climbing up the pass and stuff. It was, oh, it was crazy. That's my greatest memory of that trip. I've been actually trying to bug Mo to get all the footage from the cross-country trip that's just sitting on his computer. <laughs> I'm waiting for the podcast of all the radio chatter. That's the one I'm waiting for. Yeah, that was a brilliant idea on my part. <laughs> was it like, I've got enough two-way radios we could do something with this record the chatter yeah we set up one of the micro recorders in vox mode so it only would record Mm -hmm. when people started talking and so as soon as you turn on the radio it would hear the static start recording and then it recorded all of the radio chatter for from south bend to the very end i I'm very curious to listen to all of it i forget what we were even talking about on the radio most of the time let's see 
the second night, I do believe, was filled again with the um, Can You Name the Video Game Letter of yeah. the Alphabet game. We went like four or five times around. Oh, it's always that second night. It's always the craziest. Yeah. That Montana night. The Montana, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I think we can forego numbers on this trip, Andy. So wait, am I really ahead of Mo as far as episodes um, go? No. Okay, Sorry. I didn't think so. How far behind am I? You're behind by one. Okay, might have to be on episode 201 and then Mo and I can enact our evil plan. <laughs> evil? What evil plan? Basically, I was going to be on the episode enough to, to tie us up as far as the number of episodes go and then he and I would agree to never come on this show again unless we were both available to be on the show at the same time it just means that we'll have to keep mo ahead of you true but he's up here and i'm drinking with him on saturday oh well god damn you guys in seattle <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why tony's up here this week right now too because he's he's determining if he wants to move up here or over to austin so he, he came up here so he can experience seattle when it's not pax time and see if he'd enjoy it during the rest of the year how much is plane fare to seattle about 300 bucks. Good so news about, is uh, Virgin America is now flying to Seattle. Yes, but I don't think they fly out of Detroit. No, they fly out of Chicago. So. Yeah. So I could, fly, I could take the mega bus to Chicago and then fly from there. Yeah. That would be like 12 hours of travel. Yeah. For See, for me, I'm kind of equidistant now between Detroit's airport and Chicago's airport. Well, I found, I found a ticket on American Airlines uh, to Allentown, Pennsylvania. To Allen, why would you want to go to Allentown's, Pennsylvania? Or and my uh, and my aunt. Ah, family. That is an excellent reason why you would go to Allentown's, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Let's uh huh. To New York City. So, well, damn. Yeah, three hundred and eighteen dollars to get to Seattle. Dave, just wondering, do you have a price alert set up for the uh, PAX weekend from Detroit to Seattle? I do not. Uh, I probably should. <laughs> I was thinking he probably would have that on. I've got one for 305 but you got to fly back to Flint. Yeah, flying to Flint isn't really that much of a problem. It's an extra hour and a half drive. But So, Johnny, how are you liking Seattle? Uh, it's pretty cool. The only thing I can really make a, a stink about is I miss the sun. That's about it. Well, so you grew up in, in Texas. We grew up in Michigan. We wouldn't miss the sun. You probably don't even know what the sun is, technically. Um, well, this weekend we actually are, because we're going to have temperatures in the 80s. Is it up to the 80s this weekend is what we're supposed to? On That's this, ridiculous. On this side of the state, they predicted 80 degrees. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We're, still, we're still in the 40s over here. So. Well, like right now, I think we're in the 40s. <laughs> God, you're just making me just go to every single website under the sun right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I love how I've got all these things basically just two keyboard clicks away. Oh, what's the weather? Do you do? Yeah, right now, 48 degrees. 52. Tomorrow, scattered thunderstorms, 78 degrees. Chance of thunderstorms, 88 degrees. <laughs> oh, welcome to spring. I love how it's 88, 68, 55. Yeah, and then it'll snow two days later. <sighs> so here we are at episode 200. Episode 100, um, we did something special. Started bringing on guests. Oh, yeah. Hence Johnny. That was our 100th episode. Yes, it was. And now um, for our 200th episode, we're announcing something else. We are starting random reviews. Official reviews. Brought to you by the voices you trust. Are you trying to make fun of Twitter? And apparently, apparently, someone who I've who's never heard about this or informed of this, thank you guys, as if I'm not already prepared with five minutes of warning. Oh, no problem. Hey, just because we're announcing it doesn't mean we're doing it this episode. <laughs> this, this is the announcement episode. Ah, uh, okay. We have not um, set up all of the back-end stuff yet. 
But that is going to be our plan now, is to review things. Could be new, like, you know, when Portal comes out. (laughs) Yeah, the episode might be delayed for that one. (laughs) Or it could be something old that we still find fun, like Catan or Ticket to Ride, stuff like that. You never know. Could it be perhaps something borrowed? Well, yes, Mm. because I've borrowed games from other people. We could review those. Are you trying to think of something blue now, Dave? I am very furiously trying to think of something blue. The X button on an Xbox controller. I'm not reviewing a button. <laughs> um, Sonic. Sonic! You're we welcome, We just have Dave. to review Sonic, and then we have a full wedding. <laughs> Which would be a little awkward, because Andy's already married. True. Then again, Andy's wife is all... Never mind. Yes, she is married to me, since yes. she is my wife. Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of Portal, uh-oh, Valve did it again. If you remember, we talked about the um, last time when Valve announced Portal's release date, they did it with an ARG, which included somebody breaking out an actual modem and calling up a BBS and such. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they did it again. On April 1st on Steam, they announced the Indie Potato Pack, which I thought originally was just a funny... Um, a very interesting name for... yeah. It just—it seemed like a really odd thing. Maybe it's April Fools related, but um, it turns out it's not. If if you follow the the link for another Valve ARG, it seems it's been going on for about eight days now, and it involves a large every single game in the potato pack is adding something to the ARG. Interesting. So this is all related, the entire potato pack. Mm-hmm. There were um, glyphs found in one of the games, and that led you to another one of the games, and then you had to do something in that game, and then it would lead you to another glyph in one of the other games. This is why I want a time machine, so I can go back to the exact moment in the exact place where the first person finds this whatever starts these games, and just see how they determine, ooh, this must be an ARG game, and not just, oh, this is just something cool that looks kind of weird. See, if I had a machine like that, what I would do is actually go back to Valve Studios developing this and then punch them in the face and say, stop. (laughs) No, I believe this is a rolled up newspaper offense. What about a sack of potatoes? No, those leave bruises. You want to have a sack of oranges. How many times have we told you this, Andy? Not enough for it to stick through. I think you need to hit him with a sack of oranges. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke with the potatoes. And the- uh, yeah, we, we yeah, know we that, know. Andy. It wasn't funny. Oh, come on. It was funny to me. Yeah. <sighs> That's not what I said. <laughs> but um, what they uh, somehow the guys figured out that it was possibly an ARG on the first day. Yep. Just because of some of the odd references in media related to potatoes in the potato sack pack. They just looked at the release notes for the stuff, and then they're just like, huh, odd. I wonder what this oh, is. And then... Oh, I see the potato now. That makes sense. <laughs> so, yes, it's still going on. I actually helped out a bit. Dave helped out as well. Mm-hmm. Because we had one of the games that's in the potato pack. I actually have a couple of them. Oh, I only have one. But um, we'll see what happens with this one. I don't I don't know what they're going to do, because Portal 2 is coming out in, what, a week and a half? Oh, God. They already have the buses here in Seattle painted with Portal. Yeah, I saw that, actually. That was really cute. They actually caught me on one because I pulled up behind one, and the whole back was a Portal ad. I was like, wait, they turned the whole bus into... I gotta speed up and see... Oh, it's purple. (laughs) 
But at least they're, they're doing something. Like, I, I feel that, especially since some of the things in there, um, one of the, the portal videos, you know, they talk about like, uh, the panels and the robots and everything, and it's got the guy from the Farmer's Insurance commercial doing the voiceover. Mm-hmm. One of those videos um, in the static between, the, like, as a transition had a bunch of, um, I think it was ASCII in there. I got to figure out where it is in the list. But the um, ASCII codes actually called out people who were working on the ARG by name. Well, by handle. So they are on top of things. Like, they have this all planned out, but then still, they're just actually called out somebody's name. Where is it in this? The only problem is there's so much stuff going on right now that I can't figure out where it is uh, on the list. Okay, this one, going back to my earlier comment, this one actually seems a little bit less like ARG and more like just viral marketing that they disguised as ARG That's- because half of what ARG is. Well, no, but the thing is is that most of the other ARGs that like Valve has done, especially for Portal 2, it's just been someone randomly finding it and then going on. This one, they literally tweeted, hey, Potato Fool's Day, which everyone, if you saw that anyway, you'd be like, something's going on. So... What are they trying to do? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I found the link to the image from that, but where is the video? But anyway, we'll keep tabs on it and see what happens. I'm sure by next week it'll be done. (laughs) That is the one problem, being unemployed. If you have time to spend on things like this. Yeah, I I don't, because I'm not. It's just slowly calling me, and I I have to say no. Right. So here's something you could also do well being unemployed, Andy. What? Work for DARPA. Ooh. For free. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, defense, D- Department of Defense budget money. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> at this point, we're kind of lucky to have any budget money. Yeah, the luckily, the uh, government shutdown has been avoided. Yeah, bastards waiting for the last minute. Yep. So the idea is there is a game that DARPA put out called ACTUV Tactics. Um, which is the Anti-Submarine Warfare Continuous Trail Unmanned Vessel. Wait, so it's it's an acronym with an acronym in it? Yes. ASW Continuous Trail Unmanned Vessel? Yes. That's bullshit. (laughs) Yes, there is an acronym inside an acronym. Hey, man, I heard you like acronyms. Active sounds better than (laughs) ASWICTIVE. ASWICTIVE. Yeah. Put an acronym in your acronym so that you can have a God damn it. <laughs> so, um... DARPA now being run by Exhibit. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is... They're, they're trying to develop software for unmanned submarines and unmanned submarine hunters. Yes. Just as they have stuff for unmanned aerial vehicles. Yes. And the best way that they're finding to do that is to have people run through hundreds and hundreds of simulations and record what they do. Why do I feel a 4chan hack coming on with this thing? <laughs> That'd be really kind of funny. So, the dangers yeah. of crowdsourcing. <laughs> So the, the game has been written to simulate actual invasion techniques used by submarines, and your goal is to try and track them. Yeah, by the way, the game is called Dangerous Waters. Ah, and the active tactic simulator is just part of the game? I think so. Okay. So you once you score a high score, you can send it to DARPA, they will look at it, and you maybe use your tactics as part of the programming for their actual you know, unmanned this, vessels. I, I recently read um, Invincible Iron Man, some of the newer comics, and in it, there, there's a very short-time villain called Detroit Steel. Ah ha ha. 
who shows up to fight against Iron Man, supported by Hammer Industries. And he is supported by hundreds of drones, which are being flown by people with smartphones. And what they did is they published the game on the smartphone, and you didn't know that the game is actually being one of the drones. So, and I'm just seeing bad What does that mean? You can only play the game at specific times? No, the game's always running. I mean, there's always drones in the air. Interesting. It's actually too far off, though, because they just released that um, hover bot that you can control with your iPhone. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of crappy. <laughs> I find it ridiculous. But also amazing. I shall mm. have to try this out and get back. Maybe we could do a random review on the game. Hey, that would be fantastic. Maybe we could get a presser from DARPA and say, look, we reviewed your game. Come on our show. Um, we'll have to work on that part. So the Oracle Google court mm-hmm. case is going on. And the judge actually got a crash course on what Java is. On what Java is or on how to write in Java? Well, he was given an overview of Java and why it was invented and an explanation of terms such as bytecode, compiler, class library, and machine-readable code. It's a judge that actually knows computer science terms. Well, he knew some stuff about computers, like... um, at one point, an attorney from Google described how a typical computer is made up of applications and OS and hardware underneath, and he interrupted the attorney and said, I understand that much, and asked him to move on. Cool. So he understands something about computers, and now he understands what a class is, which he didn't understand before. I'm actually, I'm quite proud of this judge who, um... Is actually attempting to learn about this? Yeah. Yeah. So he can rule fairly. That means he's doing his job. Amazing. I know. It's sad that it's amazing when he's doing his job. Oh my god, you're actually driving the bus! Thank you, bus driver! (laughs) What was kind of funny, though, is even in this um, crash course on Java, there were still some disagreements about how things are working in order to try and prove their side of the argument. So, it's kind of interesting that lawyers are still arguing about this even when they're just trying to teach the guy what's going on. Yep. (laughs) Objection! He's telling you wrong. (laughs) Um, oh, that's not how it works. Well, then you show me. Oh, okay. <sighs> so we'll keep uh, keep tabs on that as well, because basically Android is hanging in the balance of this one. It's not. It's not? It's not like Oracle's going to shut down Android. They just want a piece of it. Which might shut down Android. It won't shut down Android. Android's you... too big at this point. Google yeah. will not stop it. They will pay what they need to pay. I've seen more Android phones than iPhones in the last month, at least. So yeah, I'm pretty sure Android's doing pretty well. It's, I mean, it's not even a question about that at this point, because even if Google shuts down their Android, it's out in the community. That is true, and people can easily... The community will continue development. But then it might just turn into Linux and be go from something mainstream to something that's just basically backwards. Uh, well, you know, you say that, and yet... Another topic we have. Okay. Where did that go? BlueStacks offering Android virtual virtualization within Windows. What? Yeah, why would you, you want to will, do that? In theory, be able to run Android apps from your Windows machine. So I could play Angry Birds on my computer? Yes, you could. I could have a buggy version of Word with Friends on my computer? Yes, you could. <laughs> I could call you from my... Oh, I can do that with Skype. 
<laughs> I could use Skype? Oh, wait. <laughs> I could play chess on... Oh, wait, no. I could play solitaire. No, wait. Um, Freeze it, damn. <laughs> I could check the weather. I mean, isn't this why we have smartphones? Is, <laughs> so so we don't, don't have, have to, to rely on the computer? Either. Yeah, pretty much. That said, I mean, you know, they're, they're building this stuff for this tiny, tiny hardware, and you'd be able to come into it with your dual-core, quad-core CPU and SLI video cards. And graphics would not be a problem. <laughs> Multi-touch might get a little weird. Hey, Pawing at my computer screen. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Can't think of a good reason to have Android and Windows living harmoniously. Here's one. Let's see what this link does. It takes you to someone putting Android on the Mac. Oh, yeah, and you can have Android on your Mac. <laughs> but Woo-hoo. why? Yeah, it's, maybe there are some things that would run faster, but everything that's written for Android is written for a phone, a phone which has limited hardware capabilities. Yep. I, I, I bet I can describe you perfectly who did this. Some guy who's a heavy pothead who likes to build bongs and is also a programmer. Mm. Because he was probably high one day and was just, Hey, you know what would be cool? If I can get this operating system on my computer! Whoa, man. You know, I don't know. Because the, on the other hand, it is significantly easier to program in some ways to program for Android or to program for the iPhone. Yeah. Just because of the tools that are out there. Well, this also would be helpful that um, if you want to just test your Android application. That's what the emulator is for. So you wouldn't have to, basically, if you're running an Android developing company, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have to get everybody a phone. That, that's what the emulator is for. Is There's a free it? Android emulator, which I guess kind of defeats the whole purpose of this anyways. <laughs> because because there is an Android emulator. Well, it says you can share Windows drivers with the Android thing, so maybe you can... It says you can print things from Android on your Windows printer. That would be kind of cool, but there's also Google's Print Anywhere. True. So it seems like this is just very repetitive. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think about this right now. <laughs> it's redundancy. It's all that is. Dave's like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, wait. Uh, Maybe it kind of sucks. Anyways, getting back to my original point, Android's not going anywhere. Except forward. It will go forward. Okay. Near Andy. I'm just, I'm nodding my head. You know what's also going to be going forward? Terror alerts on your Twitter feed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, this was, the, people were a little worried about this because this was actually a 19-page document marked for official use only. was released on April 1st. <laughs> That's a so, great day to release an official document. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, way to go, Homeland Security. The, the, I, I was a little worried about this because the Army actually put out a press release saying that they were going to use the Stetson as their new official headgear on April 1st, which I thought was legitimate until I saw one of the images which had their canine crew, had all the dogs wearing Stetsons. And then I started thinking, you know, maybe they're joking. But um, yeah, the, uh, they're going to start using Facebook and Twitter to help release terror alerts. So they're trying to release something that no one really pays attention to onto the two most popular social networks because they think no one's paying attention to it because no one knows what it is? I think it's just they're using a convenient distribution system. I actually can't blame them for that. I think it's I, – I, I don't watch my Facebook feed. I don't watch my Twitter feed, but I think it's actually a very brilliant idea. 
I am not a big fan of the fact now there's only going to be two terror alerts. Elevated and imminent. <laughs> this is down from the five of the, the color coding thing? Yes, which never fell below. Yeah, well, because it would be stupid too. Yeah, but they but they pause that into what they're going to do is they're only going to use that for short periods when it's proper. So it's not like, oh, we don't have an imminent threat, so their terror level's always going to be elevated. It's just, hey, when we don't have anything going on, there's no alert. And then, oh, elevated we just heard something. Elevated is our default at this point. Yeah, this at this point, make, but they're not. But I was just saying, it's just going to be nice going to the airport now, which every 30 seconds, you're not going to be told that the terror level alert is orange, and you should keep your belongings with you at all times, and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, except mm-hmm. that every 30 seconds, your phone's going to be blowing up with Twitter updates saying, hey, terror alert is elevated, just so you know. <laughs> Go it's, hide. It, it's going to be the it's going to be the Navi of the government. Hey, listen. Yeah. Your terror level alert is elevated. My only problem is I'm going to have to figure out which one is the real terror alert Twitter feed and which ones are the fake terror alert Twitter feeds because you know that's going to happen. Oh, that'll. Be oh, it bad. probably already has. Like the government probably will have to put on like the real terror alert Twitter feed or something like that. <laughs> This has been a a validated feed. (laughs) Oh, you know I'm going to follow all the fake ones just because they're quite funny. Then you'll get people like Drunk Hulk retweeting them. (laughs) Also, the terror alerts are going to have expiration dates. Thank God. I might want to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that they're that's why they're going to two because what they're saying is hey, you know, it's going to be like a a storm watch warning. Like elevated is going to be a terror watch. Imminent's going to be a terror (laughs) warning. Terror watch and terror warnings. Yeah. So I kind of like, I kind of do like the are correct for a terrorist attack. <laughs> I'm going to start a fake one and just like come up no, with my own that involves don't. pot, that involves food, confectionery food. A terror alert is cupcake. Uh-oh, we're moving up to pound cake. It's cherry pie, take cover. <laughs> Top level, devil's food cake. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's, it's a scale from angel food cake to devil's food. See, I'd rather see it be alphabetical like the, the Android updates where it's dessert themed, but it's A, B, C, D, E, F, etc. The current terror level is angel food cake until five seconds from now when I finish it. <laughs> The terror alert level is the remorse you get after eating all that chocolate, and you're sitting there going, "What happened?" <laughs> I what did ate I do? over 200 M&Ms yesterday. See, that might be a problem. <laughs> At the end, I had like another 40 left, and I gave it to someone else. I'm like, I can't eat these. I'm going to make myself sick. Time right. Dave, you're taking the M&M terror level threat a little too far, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were we were doing a. a small, not really tutorial, but like a a small presentation on here's one way to teach this lesson, and it was on Half-Life and Decay. And so we had a bunch of M&Ms, and they were our radioactive particles. Mm. We did one with flipping coins. For Decay? Yeah. Oh, if you flip a bunch of coins every time it comes up heads, you get rid of it? Yeah, so it should be about 50-50. Yep. Well, especially if you have a whole class doing it, you get the averages, and it will will give you the But then you you don't get to do the fun part of, okay, now go and figure out what the Half-Life is, because the Half-Life of that would be a year, or one unit, whatever it is. This was middle school math or middle yeah. school science, so meh. I like the M&Ms. 
partly because <laughs> I got to eat them. I couldn't eat the pennies. You see, when you brought up M&Ms, I thought you were talking about uh, probability and statistics. Well, it also was probability. I mean, what's the probability that you'll lose this many of them? No, I was just thinking about how the M&M bags are set up so the ratios are about oh, the yeah, same. Yeah. Well, they're supposed to be. Yeah. I've never had a bag come out to be the right ratio. The M&M terror level alert today is blue, green, brown, red, yellow. Tan. Bring back my tan M&Ms. There's, there's, there's something really interesting in this article I just read. It, apparently, if they believe that there's going to be a threat, the first people they're going to notify is Congress. Not the authorities, not counterterrorism squads or anything like Congress. Yeah, well, that's because they want – well, first off, who's making the rules? Second off, you want Congress to get to safety. That underground bunker that's in New York. Um, Andy, where's Congress? In D.C. There's. I thought there was the the congressional bunker. Where? It's under Congress. But we have we have an in, we have an infrastructure here in place with email and social networking and and cell phones and everything else that's out there. Why can't they just notify Congress and authorities at the same time? I don't know. Oh, never mind. The congressional bunker is in Greber County, West Virginia. Sorry, Greenbrier, just outside the town of White Sulphur Springs. They have creative town names out near D.C., particularly Chevy Chase. That's always been puzzling to me. I understand it's not the actor, but even so. Yeah. Why is Mozilla already talking about Firefox 5? Because remember what we talked about. They were trying to release all these things in the next... Yeah, they're really, really dumb, though. It also seems really dumb. The fact that uh, MTV just sold Harmonix, right? Yeah. They now just created a new gaming studio. MTV did a new game studio? (laughs) Yes. MTV Networks announced today, April 7th, the creation of a new studio, 345 Games. 345. Yeah. Dedicated to adapting Comedy Central and Spike TV properties. Okay, that's not going to be successful (laughs) at all. Coming up, the Jersey Shore game. Well, no, no, that's Spike TV and Comedy Central, so we've got... Oh, God. No, I just thought of this. The Colbert Report game? Yeah. Colbert, the game. Yeah, but they say Comedy Central and Spike TV properties, but they also say MTV Networks. Do you really honestly think they're only going to hold it to those two networks? I I don't know. The first title will be Deadliest Warrior Legends, the sequel to Deadliest Warrior for Xbox Live Arcade. That might be cool. The next title will be an adaptation of Comedy Central's Ugly Americans. Is that still on? I guess so. (laughs) Apocalypse Again. I'm not excited about this. You know what I am excited about, though? Are you trying to change topics? Copcap's new studio. <laughs> you yeah. are trying to change topics. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so what's this new PopCap game? All right, so PopCap, you know, they're, they're not indie at this point. No. I mean, for goodness sakes, Bejeweled is by ginormous. Yeah. Plants uh, vs. Zombies is awesome. Yeah, but the quality is just top-notch. Across the board, PopCap had, and that's where they really came out strong, was they really, really focused on quality. I still need to play Bookworm Adventures. It's fantastic. Bookworm Adventures is cheeky. It is great. I've I've heard about that about PopCap games. Yeah. (laughs) From somebody I know. Hmm, I wonder who could that be. Hmm. Uh, I mean, their games are really well designed and well implemented. But that's really high stress. 
So PopCap decided to make a new studio named Fourth and Battery. Johnny, how far away is Fourth and Battery? Uh, from where I'm at? Yeah. A long way away. It's across the lake. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Fourth and Battery is is the corner near where PopCap Studio is, like their their main headquarters. That's actually funny. That might be a spot that Tony and I want to go to today. Hmm. Hey, you should stop by. <laughs> Pop your head in. Uh, and it's it's the stress valve for their developers. It's the equivalent of like eight twenty times. You should what? I should walk in, just pop my head in, and just be like, "Hey guys, keep being cool," and then just throw it right out. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. I mean, these guys. Uh, this is them just kind of screwing off. So, what is this unpleasant horse? Unpleasant horse is the first game that uh, Fourth and Battery is going to be developing. This studio should make their next game called. It could be whatever they want it to be, but it should be called. You are going to pay us millions of dollars for this. <laughs> well, I think what's really going on is Popcat doesn't expect anything to come out of this. If it does come out of it, they'll take the money. But well, this is giving. This is basically their. You work for us. We're going. We're not going to give you like a sabbatical. We're not going to give you months off. But we'll let you just go. And it, it's a scratching post. I've I've looked up. Do you want to know what the the game mechanics are? What are the game mechanics? The game features a red-eyed winged horse who likes to bounce on the backs of other more pleasant horses, which are white, um, sending them to the ground to be destroyed by meat grinders. <laughs> wow, that's awful! What a surprise! It's something that Popcap could never get away with. As that's Popcap. I think we found the real reason they made Fourth and Battery. No, it's exactly their. I mean, they wanted to screw around, and they want to be able to just have fun and make fun of themselves. You know what's interesting? What the game has already been rejected by the Apple Store <laughs> uh, <laughs> due to mature content. <laughs> really? I'm, yeah, this I'm is the same Apple Store that, that, that allows how many fart apps? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking. No, no, no. Fart apps are immature content. Ah ha ha. Ah ha. Oh come on, that's two for two for me. No, it's actually zero for two. Um, oh, can we boo. get someone from Fourth and Battery on here sometime, Andy? Can I leave oh. that with you, or do oh. I need to do that? No, I can. I can do it. We just need to start getting the docs going again. Okay. Now leave it today, so you can move up here and then actually go into Fourth and Battery and talk to them. Well, that might happen. Okay, John. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to their other releases. I think this is going to be good. I think this is going to be great for PopCap. Oh, is... It does mean they need to change one of their things, though, because it says coming soon to the App Store. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> coming soon to the App Store, Apple said no. It's not even here yet, but no. Frequently what? unasked questions. Why do you hate horses? We love everything. We love cute ponies. We love meat grinders. Put them together. Magic. <laughs> What is on the, uh, I'm guessing on the App Store, is Photoshop mm-hmm. on the iPad? Yeah, Photoshop on the iPad. Like, not just a, a screwy half Photoshop or so a Photoshop. So not Photoshop viewer. Express, but no, like... No, like, honest-to-God Photoshop. Hmm. Layers, non-destructive, uh, uh, whatever, adjustment layers. Well, this would be interesting. You know, the full $600 Photoshop. Now, here's the other question is, has anybody developed an app... To let your iPad work as a Wycom tablet for Wait, Photoshop, whatever. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> That's what you need, is because it's got it's got pressure sensing. Yeah, so you're saying like offload all of the the processing to the computer. Yes, and but just have, have the iPad it. act as a monitor and the brush and the input. Yes. 
that would be interesting. Or not even just have it as a monitor, just have it as a tablet. Or if it, it could just be a second display. So you could be just like normal, where you'd be drawing on the pad and seeing it on the monitor, but then you could also see it on your pad. It could give you a section where you could select your paintbrushes and everything so you don't have to switch between mm-hmm. moving it. It's an idea. I don't have an iPad. I don't know if it would work or not, if people would want it to work. I don't know, but it would be kind of cool to try and do that for the tablet. Could. You know, I mean, if all you're doing is interfacing with a computer... Hmm. But that's what I'm seeing with this one is just people are able to use it as <coughs> a Wacom, 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 Wacom robot. Way, way, as in curds and way, way, comb, as in you comb your hair. I don't comb my hair. Put it together. Way as in curds and way, comb as in comb your hair. Yes, but without the as in or as in. Right. Way cool. There you go. Thank you. So, Dave, the internet can figure out exactly where you are. Exactly? Well, within... What if I bounce it through a proxy? Actually, the internet really screws up because if I access it through my phone, when my phone's broadcasting a wireless, it thinks I'm in, like, Virginia or something. Well, using your IP, the internet can track you down to 2,263 feet. Yeah, unless my IP is being assigned to me from a cell tower in Virginia. Yes, that's a little wonky. Or if you're running through a proxy. Right. But if you're not, if you're just using your desktop computer connected to your cable modem and such, they can um, figure out where your physical location is. The idea is that they will ping your IP, and they'll measure the time it takes to send a data packet to the target and converts it into a distance. It's a common technique that you can narrow down your possible location to 200 kilometers. Then they send packets through known Google Map landmark servers. So they know that, okay, this server is at Northwestern University. Let's see how long it takes time-wise to get through there. And when a landmark machine and a target computer share a router, they can time from the router to both landmark and you, and then narrow it down even further. And then they repeat the landmark search again on the fine grain level by establishing which landmark server is closest to the target and then get within 3,000 feet, 2,500 feet. I'm sorry, what? Huh? Yeah, huh? <laughs> the internet can track you down and you don't have to do anything. Uh. You, you do not have to approve anything, yet they can figure out where you are, sometimes within 100 meters. They've been able to do that for some time. Uh, it, yeah, anyway, it's already Wi-Fi-based location on your phone is. Well, yeah, that's putting in known locations. No, it's doing the same thing. It's exactly what you just described. Because they know the landmarks. They know that, okay, this Wi-Fi IP address is at this point. Yes, but I'm pointing out that this has been going on for years. This Not as this accurate, though. The current systems are only 35 kilometers. Now they can get you down to basically a city block. It's it's kind of scary that they've gotten this you're, quick. You're like two or three years behind the time. I am not behind. This is this was just released. Andy, my first phone, the G1. Yes. When I set it to find me by Wi-Fi, yes. I connected it to my network, my personal network. Yes. It had me to one city block. Round one, fight. Probably because over the, two years ago, oh, and I never said my network is here. Probably because it just kept tr- it knew where the IP addresses were in front of you. No. <laughs> Fine, we're moving on. Yes. Because <laughs> Dave is a poopy head. Because you're an idiot. You're a poopy head. YouTube Live, we talked about it. They were testing it out. 
It's now officially live. So YouTube.com slash live. You can actually see what's playing now. Okay. Which currently at this point is an Indian cricket league. Okay. Uh, <laughs> PS3 is outsold the 360 in global sales, which really doesn't mean much because U.S. sales are what we kind of care about since we live in the U.S. But still, worldwide sales are total. Yes. <laughs> That's which, yeah. The, the Wii is still on top with 75.5 million. Yeah, they're not touching the Wii. No. Which you know what this means. Hmm. In the next couple of years, Sony's going to be announcing a new console. Yep. <laughs> we're, well, we're nearing the, the new cycle. I thought they said the PS3 was going to be a 10-year cycle. Yeah, but they lied. <laughs> Come on, did you really believe them when they said 10-year cycle? Maybe. But they really, might, a, a they five year half half of that though five years. That's seems, pretty typical. Yeah, five to seven is the is the average lifespan of a console. So I mean, they'll keep the PS3 going. Like they've been kept the yeah the, the PS2 PS- is still going. There are still games coming out for the PS2. There are, but they're very 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 rare. And as a matter of fact, at the store I work at, we just got rid of our last PS2. They went on clearance. You could get a PS2 for fifty bucks. Not bad. Yeah. That's how I got my Dreamcast. Fifty bucks. Oh, good times. Although that would be very interesting, having the PS2, PS3, and PS4 all on this market at the same time. Including the uh, PSP and the NGP going the on. The possibility of... And the PSP Go. And the phone, the Xperia with, Play. With the definite real possibility that the PS3 could stop being made, but the PS2 would still be selling. That's when you know you did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> your previous hardware is still selling strong, yet somehow your new hardware is meh. So let's see. The PS3 was released in 2006. The Xbox was released when? 05, I think. 2005. Yeah, November. Two- okay, so the year head start. <coughs> Finally. Uh, <laughs> Only took him five years to catch up. <laughs> So let's see, at this rate, they could catch the Wii never? No, they won't catch the Wii. The Wii is still growing faster. I haven't looked at the second derivative, but I'm pretty sure the Wii is still growing faster. Oh, that's crazy. So there is a Q&A with Gabe Newell. I put it up there just because all this stuff with Valve and Portal. Yep, and that Andy loves Gabe. Gabe Newell. His face looks too round for me, especially those round glasses. He looks like a potato. Ah, uh-huh. ha, ha. Probably why they call it the potato pack. Dish bought Blockbuster. No, they called it the potato because if you remove the R, the W, and the L from Portal, you get potato. The R, the W, and the L? Where is there a W? What was it? Not to go back to the thing that Andy posted. Yeah, I don't know where you're getting that. Hang on. I have to go back and look it up again. Portal 2. There we are. Ah. Write down the words Portal 2, take out yeah. the R, the L, and the W, and you get potato. Ah. Uh, okay, I get it. wonder what genius came up with that idea. I don't know. Anyway, someone bought someone? Yeah, uh, Blockbuster went up for bankruptcy. We talked about Again. that. Yeah. Um, and the winner was Dish Network for $320 million. What? Yeah. Yeah. Who thinks that's a good investment? Depends I mean, what they do with it. It all depends on what they do with it. I have no idea. It all depends on what they do with it. So what do they do with it? Lord knows. Well, they've got, there's the Blockbuster on demand feature. So maybe they could, 
hook that up with their dish on demand. Beyond that, I I don't know. I thought originally somebody was going to buy it and completely liquidate it. That's what I thought was going to happen. Nah. But I guess somebody dish want <laughs> it's it's like the oddest thing. It's saying, "Yeah, Google just bought Betty Crocker." What? <laughs> no, there's some <laughs> There's some reasoning behind. I mean, Dish is at least in the same kind of market. You see, if Google ever buys Betty Crocker, then I am fully expecting digital cakes. <laughs> Google will. Do you know who owns Betty Crocker? Procter and Gamble, I'm guessing. General Mills. Oh, I could have found that, that out. We got better Crocker cake mix in the. Yeah, General Mills will not sell Betty Crocker. Then Google will buy General Mills. <laughs> That'd be the worst. <laughs> I think yeah, but have the, to answer to their shareholders on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but the internet cookies will be so delicious now. Yeah. Uh, 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 all right, I'll there's your one. Yeah. <laughs> In my eyes, I'm three and zero. Oh. No, Everybody else thinks I'm one and two. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> So we announced that um, I was it back in 2008. Can't believe we've been going on this long. Um, Cyan announced that Mist Online will be made open source, and they made it a free to play multiplayer <coughs> online puzzle game. I guess an MMO. Uh, I don't know what to classify. I know it's an online multiplayer game, but it's not a role playing game. Um, well, I don't know. Okay. Anyways, an, an MMO. Yeah, go on. Um, MMOAP. No, M-O-A-G. What's the A? Action. Hmm, I could see that. So um, now the, it's gone even freer because they are... Um, Open sourcing. Yeah. So they're the, paying us to play this game now? No, 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 no. That's not free. They are releasing the client engine and development tools as open source items. It is neither free nor freer if they pay you. It is just they're open sourcing it. So you can now create your own if you wanted to. Free as in speech, not as in beer. <laughs> so if you really wanted to create your own mist level, now you can. And then create, bring other people into your madness. Bring on the dicks. <laughs> I think Andy will get a kick out of it. Out of the dicks? <laughs> oh, no. No, I will not. Uh, I, I was actually saying more of being a dick. Well, I'm not, what? Are you saying? Me? Say, no, I'm not saying anything, Andy. Oh, whatever. 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 That's a lethal weapon quote for you, but you probably aren't that socially inept. That was me trying to be a dick. I know. Okay. You fail at that, too. It's really kind of pathetic. <laughs> yeah, you were actually giving us a compliment by saying you're not that socially inept, which means that we're actually pretty social. I thought I said in- no, inept, you're right. <laughs> oh, that was a... Yeah, you really did yes. fail at being a dick on that one. Okay. I'm, now in my uh, head, I'm three and one. I'm telling you that. So our games? Yes. Point. Yes. Dave, your game, Pokemon. Ooh. Pocket Monsters. Pocket the Monster. I played Pokemon Blue. That's the last Pokemon game I ever finished. I've played like five others, but that's the last one I ever finished. <laughs> Wasn't that the first one? Yes. <laughs> so you've played all the Pokemon games. But you've only finished the first. The first. How many Pokemon games are there? <laughs> a lot. We're trying to figure out which color the new one I should get for my six-hour flight. The to black East or white? And back. Yeah, either black or white. What's the difference? I don't which know. Pokemon there are. Yeah. The last Pokemon game I played was Pokemon Yellow. As a matter of fact, I still have it. Um, I don't know. Tell me which one you get. I'll get the other one. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's see. There was Pokemon Red and Blue, Pokemon Yellow. Which was part of, it was the same kind of setting uh, as Red and Blue. Every game up to Black and White was the same setting as Red and Blue. Pokemon, no. Pokemon Pinball, Pokemon they were, Snap. They were, Pokemon each generation Pokemon. was like a, a new world. Pokemon Stadium. Or new continent, I guess. Meowth's Party? Oh, that was, never, that was never turned into a playable game. My bad. Okay. <laughs> Pokemon Gold and Silver. Yeah, which was really the Generation 2 was Gold and Silver. Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. Hey, then you, you got up to uh, Ruby and Emerald. Hey, you Pikachu. Pokemon Stadium 2. Diamond and... Ruby and Sapphire. Oh, Ruby and Sapphire. Sorry, not Emerald. Um, Emerald was the third one, I think. Yeah. Or Emerald. Crystal was. I don't know. Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. <laughs> Those are remakes of Red and Green. Yep. Uh, Pokemon Pinball, Ruby and Sapphire, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Dash, Pokemon Rosé, Pokemon Ranger, Pokemon Channel, Pokemon Box, Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon XD. Oh my god, Diamond and Pearl. It's a very successful series. <laughs> and a partridge and a pear yeah, tree. tree. Yeah. <laughs> I choose you, partridge. <laughs> <laughs> Against some, some two British turtle guy, doves. Some British guy with a very uh, dry wit comes out of the ball. Just bores the other Pokemon to death. I choose you, Belvedere. <laughs> the last competitive game that I actually had fun while being competitive was Pokemon Snap. Figure that one out. That's a, Oh, the list of main Pokemon games. Yeah, thanks for putting that under the giant paragraph of Pokemon Generations. Yeah, thank you very much, Wikipedia. I played a Pokemon game once. I tripped and fell and accidentally oversaved Brian's Pokemon game. Oh, sadness. That was a very sad day. You tripped and fell and saved over his game? Yes. I did not mean to. I caught missing no. What's really funny is, I remember there was an article in The Escapist a while ago talking about um, how the fact is you no longer can actually legally catch all the Pokemon because there were Pokemon that were released at only certain special events mm -hmm. that you had to physically go to with your game in order to get those Pokemon. Yep. But everybody's like, I gotta have them all. So there's countless ways of cheating online in order to get the Pokemon to get all or of trading. them. Is Pokemon the genesis of the gotta catch them all? I mean, that's kind of part of nerdom is catching them all, right? Catching, Not necessarily with it. Pokemon, but with, you know, like the buttoneers thing. We had to, you wanted to get everyone's button. Yeah, but that's but that came from Pokemon. Well, but I'm saying, did, did we have that before Pokemon? They, mm, they I were, don't think so because I think Pokemon was like one of the first games where like the object was to 100% the game. There were there were other games that were Metroid did a 100% thing. Yeah, really? Well, Super Metroid did. Okay, so we got to think of if anybody can think of anything before 1996 that had a bonus for. 100%. When was Super Metroid? Before 1996. Yeah, I, I, that was with the SNES. That was the early 90s, wasn't it? I think it was like 94, 94 maybe. Yeah, okay. yes. So if anybody can think of anything before 94. Uh, uh, Metroid 2. Game history. That had 100 point, 100 percent? Yeah, uh, I think so. It had a percentage on it on your save game. Mm. That was 91. It's so funny you think about it now. It's like, okay, so you had all that 100% stuff there, and the Pokemon catch them all, and then the achievement points came out, and then trophies, and now people are getting badges for Farmville. <laughs> and not even Farmville. You're getting badges for Foursquare. You're getting... Yep. You can even hey. look at it for, uh, wow, got to oh, catch God. every level. Yeah, well, that's a whole lot. Or in my case, you have to do every single quest. Yeah, poor that's why. That's the only reason why I created multiple characters. I wanted to do all the quests. Or, in my case, you play uh, Mass Effect 1, 
with every single possible I still have not finished alignment. Mass Effect 1 because I picked the wrong combination to start out with. Oh, wait. Wait till you hear this, Andy. I played yep. Mass Effect 1 four times through. Paragon, Renegade, Neutral, and how I'd play it. I'm taking those four characters, playing each of them four times through in Mass Effect 2, and then adding four more characters to see what it looks like if you don't play Mass Effect 1. Taking all those characters... Oh god, I didn't even think about Mass Effect 2. Damn it, because there were quests that I was going to do both ways, and I only did them one way. No, that's... the, this, that's why I've I've fallen absolutely. I like no one can ever say anything bad about Ma- Mass Effect. The Mass Effect series is my Star Trek because there are times in that game where, depending on which alignment you take, which skills you take, what quest you've done in the previous game, and stuff like that, you'll get stuff you can't get in other parts of the game. Every single time I've ever played, I've, I'm on my third playthrough of Mass Effect Two right now. All four playthroughs of Mass Effect 1 were completely different. These three playthroughs of Mass Effect 2 were completely different. I mean, it's... Oh, God. I'm gonna have to go, nuts. I'm going to have to go back through Mass Effect 1, wipe out my thing so I can make sure that I do multiple quests different ways. Damn it. Now, Damn granted, it all the hell. Now, granted, Me and my I'm, stupid, slight OCD complex. So, yeah, speaking well, of, well, granted, Andy, I'm what's, not, your, what's your game? <laughs> Dave's trying to move us along. Move along, move along. Dave's got a place to be. Um, our my game was uh, Oregon Trail, which I'm actually now still playing on Facebook. Speaking so wait, Facebook what letter games. are we on? We're in the middle of the alphabet. Yeah. Oh, just anywhere in the middle of the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we our list one per letter, we just did fifty two games, which we're actually gonna have to make up some games because of the random topic recaps. But we'll do that at another time. But yeah, I picked Oregon Trail because. I spent hours trying to beat that game. I've always hated at the very end where you get down to there and you'd actually have to play basically like the action part of the game on the Apple II where you'd have to move your guy left and right to either A, avoid the rocks on the road or the rocks in the river. God, I hated that part. I, I sucked at that. <laughs> Which sucks because you're so close to the frickin' end and you basically drowned yourself in a river. <sighs> it was the first boss fight that I hated to do. Mm. But Oregon Trail, I have died of dysentery many, many times. It's also a good stress reliever when you uh, don't like somebody at the time. So you put everybody you hate into that group and you send them off in the middle with of no winter food. with no food. How quickly can I kill everybody? Hmm, let me see. <laughs> Buy 200 pounds of bacon and that's it. Ah, <laughs> oh, Oregon Trail. I should play that again because it's on my Facebook. I'm adding it to mine as we speak. <laughs> There's also Carmen San Diego as well. It's a little bit harder though, so still waiting for that uh civilization alpha. Yeah. I filled out my thing as well. Haven't heard back. Nah. Here's the hoping for that. Yep. So random topic. I rolled ahead of time. Do you donate to NPR and should you donate to NPR? No and yes. Dave, you don't donate to your Do you know how many NPR stations you have that are local for you? About six. That's no, probably why he doesn't three. donate. I think there's three. There's UOMU, and I don't remember the third. WDET okay. is Wayne State's. Yeah. So you have three NPR stations you could listen to. Yep, and I usually listen to UOM, although every so often during football season, I've been known to hop onto EMU to listen to their game. But you don't donate? Uh, I have in the past. I did not this year, and I plan on it in the future. I was donating to WEMU while I was freaking working there. That's showing you. <laughs> have you donated to your local stations now? Um, since I don't have a radio, I don't know when they're... <laughs> My... Okay. So they just the... did their, their spring drive. Ah, and I missed it. Yes. But I don't really listen to the radio when I'm stationary. 
I listened to it when I'm driving. And since I had cars that did not have working radios, I started to listen to my iPod and podcasts while I was driving. And I have quite a backlog of those. To say anything, I still have epic defaults that I need to listen to. Wow. Wow, really? That's how back I am. Wow. No offense, Jai. Epic default hasn't posted in two and a half months. Yeah, I, yeah. Still need, I still have to listen to the one on Dick Wolves. That one was actually a very interesting one. I would recommend. I know, and I'm waiting. I can't wait to listen to that one. Like that, that stemmed from a conversation Tony and I had, and then as I was reading it, I kind of backed off because I was just I read I read like the whole Tumblr page where they kind of chronicled everything about it, and I'm just like, my faith in humanity is shattered. I just I don't want to even deal with this anymore. So that's why I called him, and he goes, "Okay, well, I'll get someone else." And it was it, it was a very very out of everything that was going on and this may sound biased since I'm a part of it, but of everything that was going on in that whole situation, it was probably the most reasonable argument for either side that there was. Ah! Sorry, I accidentally clicked a podcast. <laughs> Way to go. Hopefully that does not um, show up. No, if this makes any sense to you, which it probably will if you've been a quote-unquote follower of Epic Default, we have our Year in Review podcast still in the can, technically. Ah... <sighs> Good job there. Yeah, people got better stuff to do. I think it's we've gotten two hour episodes because my employment has not been consistent, mm-hmm. and I have time to deal with these things. Also, you you found it a very easy way, and you have the ability to edit your podcast very easily, and you set yourself up to have a very easy way of editing. Yes, I set myself up to not. <laughs> Once you start adding music, oh, that. One. The music part really isn't the isn't the whole part. My part is is I go through and I listen through the I I listen to the podcast about four times as I'm editing. I listen to it once, trying to get most of the ums and coughs and other stuff out. I miss some of it because I'm trying to get a quick turnaround, especially well, since, with all the scripts that I have written for. Yeah, our problem is is we like to drink on our show, and because of that, a lot of our speech is slurred or <laughs> broken apart, and so I try to edit them together so it at least makes some sort of sense. Good job, Johnny. We're thinking about doing another reboot where I'm just basically going to go, you know what, I'll listen to it once, take out anything that absolutely doesn't make sense or any technical problems, add a song to the front, add a song to the back, and then throw a couple songs as, like, backing tracks, and be done with it. Minus yep. the backing track songs, that's basically what I do. Yeah. I keep tabs, I've got a, my notepad open there, I keep tabs on most of the time on if there's a problem, like if Dave has a phone call, I'll keep track of times of around where that is, and I'll edit it later. But most of the time I, I just let it go, that. and then we do about an hour and 20 minutes cut down the silence to about an hour and we're golden yep speaking of an hour and 20 minutes we probably should wrap this up yeah um, so that, johnny that's thank you doing that. <laughs> thank you for coming in as it always if you would like to uh, pimp your site you can um, do so now i think we've quote unquote pimped it enough but i will pimp something else uh i've mm-hmm. started doing uh live streams of me writing chip tunes it's awesome it's awesome more as a way of getting me to actually write music because I need to do an album. As a matter of fact, I need to do it more because I'm being interviewed for This Week in Geek and he wants to interview me again after my album comes out. And I already said, yeah, it'll be out in May. <laughs> and I'm only about halfway through writing the songs for the album. So, Giving yourself a deadline awesome. is the easiest way to keep yourself on track. I remember... Yeah. Um, Did I mention it's awesome? <laughs> there's... This, this might sound a little geeky, but I was watching it with my sister at the time, and this was during InSync's heyday, okay? And I was watching Making the Video on MTV, and um, the very end of it, it actually showed them in their post-production at the very last bit, right before they say, hey, here's the video, and the date on the screen was today's date. 
So they, the guy was saying, like, the easiest way to make sure we get this out on time is to put it out on the album. Hey, check out the video on making the video on this day at this time. And you looked at it, and it's like four hours earlier is when he finally wrapped it up. Nice. So yeah, giving yourself a hard deadline is the best way of keeping yourself going. Awesome. But yeah, uh, johnnyreactionhero.bandcamp.com. You can go download my album from last year. Throw me a couple bucks if you want. Uh, if you go to TCTD, truechiptilldeath.com, they are doing a, uh, um, a benefit album that has over 100 artists on it. For If you donate some money to the Jap- Japanese Red Cross, you get this album for it, and one of my songs is on that. And if you uh, follow my Twitter, Johnny, at Johnny Nero, or if you go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Johnny Nero, no H in any of those, um, you can catch updates as to when I'm going to stream again. So I've done three episodes of it so far, and it's been really cool. So. All right, well, I look forward to hearing what you come up with. It's awesome. <laughs> Dave's stuck in a loop. <laughs> Dave was amazed by my chaos pad. Was, I was amazed by the whole damn thing. I mean, you make it look so ridiculously easy. Dave is not artistic. No. I knew that. All right, we'll got to wrap this up. All right. I got to tell you this. Anthony is in the other room. He just texted me asking me who I'm talking to. <laughs> nice. Okay. Take care, everyone. See ya.